Good morning, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, as well as a lot of guy stuff, and everything kind of in between. So thank you for being here, thank you for tuning in and listening today. Now today I'm going to be talking about some stuff that I've probably already talked about before. Maybe uh, you're tired of hearing it. That's completing things, finishing things that we may not want to, overcoming challenging tasks or difficult situations. I think it's something that we all kind of deal with and struggle with, even on a micro scale, probably every day. And last weekend, I had an experience that kind of really brought this into the forefront of my brain. So I thought I would sit down and talk about it. But first, NFL is back, baby. Uh, I can't believe it. I'm actually excited for football again. I just did my draft, my fantasy draft, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I am excited for it. It uh, should be a good time. Week one in football for me was not great. I'll be honest, it was actually quite awful, but that's okay. It's week one. I think my team will come around. They'll they'll come into their own and figure out what in the hell's going on. Hopefully, otherwise I'm going to lose this thing, and I don't know what the consequences are for my fantasy team, but I'll have to read up on that. And yeah, I know some of you are probably sitting there and groaning right now being like, oh shit, he's talking about football again, like Jesus Christ. But, well, I haven't always been into it as much as I am now, and I'm still not really crazy into it. I don't know player stats, I don't know coaches or running backs or who won the 1997 Super Bowl or what wide receiver had the most yardage of any particular year or what even the best guys are to pick up this season. I, I don't know that stuff. I'm getting there, I'm trying to learn and understand, but I'm definitely not there. But if I want something to talk about with my non-giving-a-shit-about-car friends, the friends that don't care about cars because that's what I'm into, then I figure I better learn some sports or I better get used to some sports. I mean, if you know me, you know that I love the automotive stuff. It doesn't really matter what it is. I can talk about it. Uh, old stuff, new stuff, fancy cars, crusty shit sitting out in a field, pretty much anything mechanical, I enjoy. But I've come to realize that other people are not that way. They don't really want to listen to me talk at length about it either, about doing engine rebuilds or replacing injectors on a diesel engine or how quickly I could pull this Duramax out of a truck or diagnosing different things. They don't really care, so I have to adjust a little bit, and I still talk about those things here and there, but playing fantasy and getting to know sports kind of gives me something else to chat about at the next barbecue or gathering, so just expanding your knowledge, that's all it is. Also, let's not call it sports ball or some iteration of that. I know some people do, some non-sports fans do. It's kind of annoying hearing people say that stuff. Oh, is there a sports bowl game on today? And they're referencing the Super Bowl. They're just making fun of people that like sports. It doesn't make you sound cool when you talk like that, no matter how hard you try. And you know what football is. You know what baseball is. You're just crapping on someone else's hobby or something that they're passionate about. And you think it's funny, but it really isn't. We all have different hobbies and likes. And we don't have to enjoy other people's loves of those things. But... Taking a big fat shit on them doesn't really help the cause either, does it? So you're not going to hear me making fun of you about your love of Dungeons and Dragons or some online computer game? 
Maybe behind your back, maybe a little bit, but not to your face. All right, I'm just kidding. I might make fun of it to your face too, but but that's your thing. That's what you're into. I don't have to understand it. I will let you talk about it with me. I'll support you, but I don't have to be into it, right? Anyways, enough of that. Another thing I wanted to mention here is a new bill or a new law that's coming to Illinois. It's called the Safety Act. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. It stands for Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equity Today. And from what I've been reading on the Illinois criminal justice page is that this act implements sweeping reform, impacting many aspects of criminal justice system from the arrest division, policing, pretrial sentencing, corrections. It, it affects a bunch of stuff. So this thing has been going around social media like gangbusters a lot this week. Post stating that it's going to be the beginning of the purge, like the movie, that the jails will be emptied and a bunch of terrible charges will no longer be arrestable offenses or non-detainable anyways, that criminals are going to be roaming the streets and offending and all this stuff. Speaking of that social media stuff, here's a clip I actually heard that gives you kind of an idea of what is floating around. This person talking is the mayor of Orland Park, Illinois. And he's speaking about the Safety Act. As of January 1st, 2023, the following things will go into effect, and people need to be aware of this. It abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. This includes, but isn't limited to, kidnapping, armed robbery, second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide, aggravated DUI, threatening a public official, and aggravated fleeing and eluding. Offenders released on electronic monitoring have to be in violation for 48 hours before law enforcement can act. They could almost drive to Alaska before we can even look for them. It denies victims their constitutional rights. And keep this in mind, businesses and homeowners, officers will no longer be able to remove trespassers from your resident, residence or your businesses. Someone could decide to live in your shed and all we can do is give them a ticket. You have to decide what level of force is required to remove them and whether or not it's legal. Well, there you go. There's that little clip. So what do you make of that? Sounds pretty insane, right? Well, like everything on social media, can we believe it? Is it true? Is it just a bunch of blown out of proportion garbage? Just hot, smelly garbage? Or what's going on? Because I know social media tends to do that. They tend to grab things and grab snippets and then change the narrative and add a bunch of other shit in there. So I kind of wanted to take a look at this real quick and see what I could come up with. Well, according to Snopes, the fact-checking website, which as far as I know is credible. I know other people may not think that or they have their own opinions on quote-unquote fact-checking since all the fact-checking stuff went on. So take it for what it is. They say it's true about the Safety Act, that it was signed into law in February 2021, and within that legislation is something called the Pretrial Fairness Act, which goes into effect January 1st of 2023, which eliminates cash bail in all pretrial release decisions. So what's false? The act does claim to reduce the number of people in jail while they await trial, but pretrial release can still be denied when any defendant poses a specific, real, and present threat to any person or community, and the act does not allow pretrial release without a judge considering the severity of the case. So they still have to see a judge to be determined if they can be released or not. So what's the point? What, what is the reason they want to get rid of cash bail? 
Well, it's designed to not have people sitting in jail before their trial. It also states that cash bail criminalizes poverty. People who are unable to afford bail remain in detention while awaiting for weeks or months for their trial date. And the effects of this process are felt mostly by impoverished communities of color. And that's according to the Center for American Progress. I don't know what center that is, but that's where that came from. So you're accused of a crime and you get arrested. You're deemed that you're not a risk to be in society by a judge. So they give you a court date on a piece of paper and then they release you so you can go back to your job and back to your family and back to whatever. That seems how I understand it anyways. I think that's correct. You're accused of stealing a car, a theft, a drug charge maybe. You're charged with your crime. You're innocent until proven guilty, right? We all know that. So then they don't think that you need to sit in jail until your court date because you or your family can't afford to pay the bail. I know I just repeated myself like three times, but oh well. Kind of makes sense to me, to a degree anyways. There's no reason for a nonviolent person to sit in jail just because they can't afford their bail. That doesn't really seem just and fair, does it? They also say that detaining low-risk people, their days spent in jail is associated with a significant increase in committing new crimes. So the longer they're in jail, the more likely they are to get out of jail and then commit another crime. Why? I don't know. Because jail made them do it? Eh, I, I don't know. Me personally, I have no intention of going to jail. Uh, I don't do anything illegal. So a bill like this doesn't really affect me in that matter. But shouldn't everyone assume the same thing, that they won't go to jail or they won't do illegal shit? I mean, that's a pretty simple concept, right? We all know the laws, we all make decisions and choices, whether or not to break them. I mean, you, you make the choice to stab your spouse, you make the choice to speed on the freeway, you make the choice to steal Gloria's purse, you make the choice to buy drugs and, and do whatever. I don't know. I guess is that my privilege showing that I will never know what it's like to be in one of these situations and feel that that's my only option is to do something illegal, which I think is kind of bogus. It's not your only option to break the law. I mean, we all we all make choices. We're all responsible for ourselves. Ultimately, nobody else is responsible for me but me. You know, you can't blame someone else for going to jail. Anyways, I digress. I think where the violent crime stuff comes in is that bail is also gone for those offenses as well. So no more bail for felonies. But all those cases still need to be seen by a judge, and a judge will determine if the person can be released or not before their trial. Which, don't the accused have to see a judge anyways? And depending on the crime, you get a bail amount or you get remanded, right? I don't know if that's the right terminology. I'm digging deep here on my Law & Order episode experience, so bear with me. But I thought that's how that goes anyways. If you break a law and you get arrested and then you go in front of a judge and they say, okay, your bail is set at $50,000 or your bail is set at zero because you're accused of killing someone. So you don't have bail. That's what I mean. You don't have bail. So then you get taken to jail, remanded. Isn't that the right word? Anyways, sorry. Back on track here. I read through the act on the Illinois Criminal Justice Info site, which I'll link in the description, but that kind of seems to be what I gather from it. It looks like the act also has a bunch of policing reforms in it as well, deflection programs, death in custody and use of force reporting, which is probably a good thing, crisis intervention training, body cam mandates, those are all probably good things as well. 
it does state in there that it requires officers to issue citations rather than arrests for certain what they call low-level offenses, but they don't really dive into what those low-level offenses are. I thought that was kind of interesting. It also says it prevents the result of a risk assessment from being the sole basis for a detention decision and informs the accused of that tool. I don't really know what that means, but anyways. I also read on another page that when a person is released pre-trial and they don't show up for their court date, they won't be issued in a warrant when they don't show up. They will actually be notified and given a second court date to come to before they actually issue a warrant. So they would have to miss two court dates to be issued a warrant for their arrest. Seems pretty stupid to me, and I actually think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to have quite a lot of people skipping out on their court dates, and then there's going to be people owing more money and people having warrants running around out there because they didn't show up to the court. Another thing I did read as well is that bail bondsmen are not allowed to practice in the state of Illinois. I didn't know that. We had them all over in Vegas, like everywhere in every corner, bail bondsmen. So in Illinois, your family or yourself would have to pay for your bail. Now, I'm no legal expert here or anything, so someone may be able to interpret this jargon a little bit better than myself, but what do you make of all this stuff? What do you, what do you think? What's your opinion? Now, if it's true what the internet and the news articles say that I've been reading about the violent crime and all these different charges that are no longer arrestable offenses, then that's, that's pretty nuts. It's pretty crazy. I don't really think that's the answer. I do think that there's some good there with not having people sit in jail for petty things, sitting in jail for weeks or possibly months, like they mentioned, for very small crimes. I think that that could be revised to an extent, but yeah, the other stuff is pretty nutty. But anyways, let me know what you think. If you want me to talk more about this act, just uh, shoot me a message on podbean.com or over on my social media and let me know. All right, moving on here. So... I did something very challenging last weekend. Well, not that challenging, but it was tough and it was difficult. And it was a 10K race and challenge called Indy Ultimate. It's a race here in downtown Indianapolis. And it started down at City Circle, ran to a bunch of different points of interest. And then we went through a bunch of ball fields doing different little challenges, kicking soccer balls at IU Stadium, running the bases at Victory Field, the, the baseball stadium. I actually took a shot of tasty tequila when I ran through there. That was kind of fun. And then we ran down to Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Colts play, and we tried our hand at kicking field goals, which, by the way, I am not great at kicking field goals. But it was a pretty rad experience. It was, it was awesome, very fun. I would definitely do it again. I had a great time. I did it with my buddy Alex, my good friend, and a friend of his named Lewis. They told me it was a 5K, but once I figured out it was not a 5K and actually a 10K, I got a little nervous that I may not be able to finish. A, I'm not much of a runner at all, and B, I didn't train for this running event a single day leading up to this thing. I didn't train once. Sure, I lift weights and I go to the gym in that aspect, and I'm in decent shape, at least I think, but I was no way conditioned running at all so I was a little nervous when I heard that the mileage was doubled and yes there were moments in there throughout this whole thing that I wanted to stop I wanted to quit I wanted to grab one of those little city scooters and head straight to the car and sit down and go home 
or at least sit down and take a 10 minute break on a park bench or something, or just not really push myself. But I did not give up. My friends helped me through it. We brought each other up. We encouraged each other and we just kept going. We cheered for each other, and it was just a great feeling, that motivation through your friends that you kind of get, you know what I'm talking about? It was just nice knowing that these people were there, and they were wanting you to win, and by win, I mean finish. And I know all this sounds pretty corny and all, Justin spewing this motivational jargon talk again here, but it's true. This race made me think of a lot of other situations where I myself, and I know Maybe a lot of others have wanted to quit shit or give up on something. Whether it's working out or eating healthy or maybe you have a business and you're building your business. Those things all take time. They take a lot of time to even see any growth or any progress. You're not going to work out and see muscle mass in a week or even a month or your first day in the gym. You're not going to notice any results, right? The same with eating healthy. You may not see that scale move in a day or a week of eating the way you should be eating. Or you may not see all this hard work you've been pouring into your business immediately either. It may take a lot of time. But your persistence is definitely paying off. Even with my little race I did, each mile I completed was one less that I had to do. Even each foot that I put forward was one foot closer to the finish line. And I know that's pretty simple to think, but it's true. And I just think it's important to remember that if we really stay focused and keep pushing, we can really accomplish a lot of things. We can finish a lot of things. That path to the finish line or to whatever you are trying to get to is is not a straight line that gradually goes up. It's going all over the place. It has dips and curves and it goes backwards and it goes up and then it goes down and plus a bunch of other ways before you even get to where you want to be. People want to quit when things get hard. That's that's a natural thing, I think. We tend to want to take that path of least resistance, but that path typically isn't going to correlate to our goals. So what can we do so we don't quit? Well, first I would say is ask yourself why you started. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you have that goal? And I know I've talked about goals and dreams before and and when to kind of put some of them to bed. I'm not really talking about those type of goals right now. I'm talking about other things. But ask yourself why you started that goal. If it was health-related or money-related, did you start doing stuff to your health because you want to live longer to be healthier? Maybe you have hereditary health issues in your family, and you're trying to do what you can to prevent them from happening to you. Maybe you're in school, and you're studying for nursing or healthcare, and you love it. You have this crazy passion for helping people. Well, don't forget that. Did you start a podcast to educate and enlighten people? Well, golly, yes, I did. You know, I just read this article and it said, make sure your reasons behind your goal are strong and emotional because you will do whatever it takes to succeed if they mean that much to you. When the only option you have is to achieve what you set out to do, then more than likely you will fulfill that goal. So if your goal means something to you, you're very passionate about it, then you're going to fight for it. If it's if it's not that big a deal, then you're not going to really care. You're like, meh, I don't care if I get to it or I don't care if I succeed. So now you've reminded yourself why you started. You also need to look back and remember where you started. Just like in my little 10K. I've never ran a race like that, ever, in my whole entire life. I've never done any sort of 5K or 10K or anything like that. So this was a very new experience for me 
And even halfway through it, I could remember where I started from. It sounds kind of cheesy, but hey, I was three miles in. Hey, I made it this far. This is pretty cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to succeed. So when you kind of get those thoughts of doubt, of quitting in your mind, you have to remember kind of where you began. Your first workout in the gym, running a food truck business, whatever it may be. Just uh, take a look back and remember where you started. That first workout was probably really hard, right? But now you've been doing it for a year or two years or whatever, and you see some of that progress. You see the results that you're wanting. Same thing with your food truck. Maybe right when you started your food truck, day one, you had one stop and 10 customers. Now, a year down the road, maybe you have five stops and 80 customers. I don't know. That's just an example. I have no idea how food truck logistics work. I don't own a food truck, but I'm assuming, you know, that's your goal. If you have some sort of business like that, you kind of get the idea. And just like myself with this podcast, this podcast may not be as widespread as I would like it to be. But hey, if I look back to where I started, I started with with nothing. I started with nobody knew who this was. Nobody knew who I was. It was nothing. It was a zero. And now I have a few listeners, not a ton, but there are people out there listening to me. That's that's the joy of doing this. I actually see that I have people listening to me in Australia. And I think that is pretty freaking rad. That's pretty awesome. And if you're listening right now, then I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And this is something you could do even within your job as well, if you wanted to. Think of where you started at that job and think of where you are now. I bet it's a lot different, isn't it? Now, how does this stuff equate to the smaller stuff in life, the small scale, some of the things that we really struggle with day to day, things that we may want to quit or put off? Well, I have no goddamn idea. I have no, no clue. Doing the dishes, mowing the grass, folding the laundry, even being a good parent, maybe a good husband, you could throw that in there. Working with your kids to do their homework or sit down and do art with them or playing a game or engaging with them. These are all things that we have all blown off before. I know I have. Eh, Just let future Justin worry about that or tell your kids you don't have time because you don't feel like doing it, right? But that isn't the best advice. Let future self worry about it kick the can down the road. A lot of this stuff though, the chore aspects, is just a necessary evil of daily life. We just have to handle it. I mean, if we don't, what type of life will you kind of lead? What kind of house are you going to have? What type of environment are you going to live in? A cluttered shithole? I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting kind of off track here, but a lot of it really boils down to just motivating yourself and not being lazy, I'll be honest. It's much easier to put off things and do other things. Your TV, your phone, let someone else handle it, perhaps, i.e. your spouse, which is not really a good option. Or you put stuff off so much that it's all piled up so high, and then by the time you get around to it, you're just struggling to get back to even, you know what I mean? Either of those options are not conducive to a positive relationship within your house, but that's another topic for another day. But I don't know, I guess if I were to give you any tips, break it apart, prioritize, look at what you can get done in a small amount of time and try to beat that time. Say you have one hour to get a bunch of stuff done, pop some headphones in, pop some music on, start hammering the little things out. And then when that hour's up, you're going to have a good amount of stuff done or you'll be on such a roll that you'll just keep going. I always kind of find that once I get moving through stuff, once I get moving through these little mundane tasks throughout the day that I will continue them 
I will continue doing them until I'm completely done. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, there'll be days that I am uh, mowing the grass, and at some point I just want to shove the mower into the bushes and quit and walk away and do something else. Why? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Would I do that? No, I wouldn't do that. I just, I say that in my head, and then I just finish my, my grass cutting, and then I cross that off my list. Also, maybe just try to start out small and just continue to do small little things. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, and eventually this will develop into good habits, and you won't even have to think twice about doing your daily duties. I actually have this theory about how you keep your house. I know this is kind of really morphed today on running a 5-10K and doing things and not quitting to doing chores. I don't know how we got here, but I'm here. But I have this theory on how you keep your house, and it's indicative of how you live your life or keep your life. That makes sense. That if you live in a house that's a total mess, then your life is somewhat chaotic and disorganized and crazy, right? If your house is moderately clean and, you know, pretty picked up and things are in their place, but it's still lived in like a normal house, then you have a pretty average life and average uh, household. And if your house is totally spotless, like crazy spotless, then you're probably an anal serial killer, right? I'm just kidding. Anyways, that's all I have here at Stay Home Dad's podcast. Nothing crazy today for amazing advice or shit that you probably didn't already know. But yeah, just kind of interesting thoughts that run through your head when you're doing a 10K challenge, I guess. When stuff gets challenging or hard and you feel like quitting, that's okay. Just don't succumb to that urge. Forge on and keep pushing. The right path is never going to be the easy path. If you have any questions or comments for me on today's episode or anything for that matter, please hit me up over on podbean.com or on my social media. Also, what do you think of that Illinois bill? I'm quite interested since Illinois is right next door to me, so I would be interested to hear what you have to say. Pretty crazy though. Also, don't forget to share this podcast on your social media or with your friends or your pals. Let everyone know they can grab it on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, as well as Spotify. And now I'm on Pandora, so there you go. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.